Hello, Cathedral Faith. It's a beautiful day to be in the presence of the Lord. Psalms 101.5 says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us. We are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. I don't know where you're at right now, but wherever you are, in your car, at home, let's just be in the presence of the Lord to worship Him because we know He deserves it. Let's worship.
Hello, Cathedral friends and family. We've got some fun things coming up. Here's what's going on. First, if you're new around here, welcome. We're so glad that you joined with us today. We would love to get to know you better. So we encourage you to scan the QR code on the screen, text the number, or see one of our team members. So don't be shy. Go ahead, pull out that phone, scan the code, shoot us a text. We would love to get to know you better. Did you know that we have people that attend Cathedral of Faith that are from all around the world? Well, we love to take a day to celebrate the diversity here at the church. International Day is coming up on October 24th. We will have live performances, delicious food, and we encourage you to dress in clothing from your native country. It's going to be a great time and fun for the entire family. And as always, for everything that is happening here at the church, we encourage you to check out our website, follow us on social media, or give us a call at the church office. Have a great weekend. Thanks so much, Lauren. I hope hope is rising inside of you. The song that we just heard in worship a few minutes ago, that victory is in Jesus, we're believing that victory is for you. But you know, worship is more than just singing songs. That's an important part of it. But worship is whatever we center our lives in. We all worship. Some people worship their careers, their looks, their kids, their finances, their reputation, their body. Worship is what we center our life in. And as we come together to worship here online, it's a chance to recenter our lives around God. Because worship isn't, again, just singing. It's what we center our life in. It's what we give worth to. And in this moment of bringing tithes and offerings, it's a moment to demonstrate what is worth something to us. What is worth investing our lives in? What is worth centering our lives in? What is worth giving to? And there are several ways you can give to what God's doing here at Cathedral of Faith. And give to the Lord by acknowledging that he's the center of your life. You can do that by going to our app and you can give that way. You can go online to the website and give or the number on the screen you can text. Your gifts are making the work of God possible. And it's demonstrating that you worship him. If you want to know what's important to you, look at where all your money goes. And we give you this chance to demonstrate that God is the center of your life. And coming to help us even be more centered in what God's purposes are for us, Pastor Ken's taking us on the next level of Masterclass. started with me questioning what I'd always thought of as my purpose in life. Music is all I think about. From the moment I wake up in the morning to the moment I sleep at night, I was born to play. The story of soul is finding out what makes you you and what your passion is. Wow. 
Head on up here, Teach. We all search for our purpose. Is it something big? Is it something simple? Is it to teach? Is it to inspire? So Connie got a little lost in it. That's a good thing. Everyone asks themselves at some point in their life, what should I be doing? Those questions are still for all ages. This is where it all started. The moment where I fell in love with jazz. You're going to find that thing that lights you up. You're going to find that thing that warms your heart. You're going to find that thing that fuels your fire and keeps you going. Uh, sorry, I zoned out a little back there. Hello, Cathedral family and friends. Thanks so much for joining me today. We've been in this masterclass on purpose. What is the purpose of life? What is our purpose in life? For the next few moments, I want to talk to you about the idea that we have been created to be like Christ. I heard about two little brothers who were fighting over breakfast one day. They were fighting over the pancakes and the mom thought, I'm going to use this as a teaching moment. And so she said, boys, boys, what would Jesus do in this situation? He wouldn't be fighting over the pancakes. Instead, he would look at the other person and he would say, you can have the pancakes first. Well, at that point, one little boy said, you're right, mom. You're right, mom. And he looked at his brother and said to his brother, you can be Jesus. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? What would Jesus think Learning to live like Jesus. This is our purpose in life. We find this in the book of Romans chapter 8. It reads, and we know that all that happens to us is working for our good. If we love God and are fitting in to his plans. What is that good? For from the very beginning, God decided that those who came to him and all along he knew who would should become like his son. Becoming more and more like Jesus. That is a purpose worth living for. It all starts with a decision, a decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus. But that's not the end of the journey. It's just the start of the journey. That after the decision, we become disciples. And more and more, we learn to walk like Jesus and talk like Jesus and think like Jesus and love like Jesus. Ephesians chapter five reads, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ, following the example of of Christ. Now, this kind of thing doesn't happen all at once, both in the Bible and in our experience. There's not a, a work of grace that instantly transforms us perfectly into the image of Christ. Instead, it's a little bit more like an acorn, which is turning into a, a mighty oak. A little bit this day, a little bit that day and a little bit more that day. And eventually we look 
back on our lives, see if you can identify with this. That we run into a situation and we think to ourselves, wow, 10 years ago, I would have just exploded. I would have lit into this guy and then I would have had to go back and apologize. But today, today, I handled it so much differently. When the telemarketer called and interrupted our dinner, I didn't even swear at him. I just hung up on him politely. (laughs) A little bit more every day. This is how we lean into our purpose. There was once a lady who went to a, was watching a silversmith who was at work. He was shaping and creating, well, beautiful works of art out of silver. And she asked him, how do you know when that silver is fully refined? And he said, well, when I look at the silver and I can see my image in it, Exactly. Jesus is at work refining us a little bit at a time. Every day as we're growing, we take three steps forward and two steps back. It's not about perfection, but it is about progress that more and more every day that silver is being refined. So when Jesus looks at it, well, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 reads this way. It says, we're being changed to become more like him so that we have more and more glory. Can you see yourself becoming more and more like Jesus? Bono was once being interviewed about his spiritual journey. And this is what he said. He said, your nature is a hard thing to change. It takes time. I've heard of people who have life-changing, miraculous turnarounds. People set free from addiction after a single prayer. Relationships saved where both parties let go and let God. But it was not like that for me. For all that I was lost and I am found, it is probably more accurate to say I was really lost. I'm a little less so at the moment. And then a little less and a little less again. That to me is the spiritual life. The slow reworking and rebooting the computer at regular intervals. Reading the small print of the service manual. It has slowly rebuilt me into a better image. It has taken years though. And it is not over yet. It's not over yet. Thanks be to God. We are not what we're going to be, but we're not what we used to be. And every day, that refining process is going on, becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. That is a purpose worth living for. Now, what would it look like to do that this week? Well, first of all, you can learn to trust him as you face the pressures of life. You can learn to trust him as you face the pressures of life. Jesus was once in a garden and he was under pressure. The garden is called Gethsemane. The word Gethsemane literally means oil press. And what does an oil press do? Well, it squeezes the juice right out of the oil. And that's what 
Jesus is feeling at this moment. He's being squeezed under intense pressure. It's the night before he's going to be crucified when the entire, when the sin of the entire world throughout human history is going to be placed upon his shoulders. And as he's feeling the pressure of that, this is the crucifixion with before the crucifixion. And under that intense pressure, he experiences a rare medical phenomenon known as hematidrosis. Doctors think that it's a part of our fight or flight um, response in our body where tiny little blood vessels beneath the surface, they explode and they end up, that blood comes out through our sweat glands. And that's the kind of pressure that Jesus is feeling. Luke puts it this way. He says that Jesus prayed more fervently in the garden and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. And Jesus says to his friends in the garden, I feel bad enough right now to die. Can I ask you a question? Is that where you feel you're at right now? This pandemic has brought so much stress among people. And the truth be told, if we were having a heart to heart, would you say to me, Ken, that's how I'm feeling. I'm under so much pressure and stress. I feel bad enough right now to die. Well, here's one thing I've learned about pressure. Pressure can break you or it can make you. It all depends on what you do with it and how you handle it. Over here, you can see a diamond and you can see a lump of coal. Did you know that these two things come from the same substance, a diamond and a lump of coal? Next time you need to buy a ring, don't go to the mall, go to Home Depot. <laughs> Isn't that something? The diamond and the lump of coal come from the same substance. What makes the difference? It's the amount of heat and pressure that they face. The diamond faces much more heat and pressure. And that's what turns a diamond into a diamond. And the same thing is true when it comes to us. See, the thing that makes us shine, the thing that turns us into a diamond, it's the heat and the pressure. It all depends on what we do with it and how we handle it. If you're facing pressure and you're feeling the weight and strain of it. Now, there are a lot of things you can do, but one of the things you should do is take that pressure and follow the example of Jesus. Bring it to God. The Bible said that he prayed more fervently. The more intense your pressure, the more intense your prayer. And when Jesus leaves the garden, he has this inner strength. He has steeled himself. And now he's ready to face the suffering that lies ahead. So instead of aiming 
for pressure that's equal to our strength. What we do is we aim for strength that is equal to our pressure. We take our pressure and we bring it to God and we find the inner strength. James chapter one says, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. That's how a diamond becomes a diamond. Looking back on my 62 years of life, it's hard to believe. Time goes by so quickly. But I was thinking a few days ago, looking back on my life, one of the things that has shaped my life and grown my life, perhaps more than anything else, is suffering. The pressure of suffering. Now, I don't like to suffer. I don't want to suffer. When it comes to suffering, well, my philosophy in working out is this, no pain, no pain. And yet, as I look back on those hard times and how God has used them, God doesn't cause suffering, but God has used suffering to deepen my soul, to humble my spirit, to develop my compassion, to broaden my ministry and to keep me close, to keep me close to him. And what could be better than that? If you're experiencing the pressure of suffering and you bring it to God, the heat and the pressure, it's what creates the diamond. The Bible says this about Jesus in Hebrews chapter five. It says, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things that he suffered. I need suffering. If I'm going to become that diamond, God can use that suffering, that heat and the pressure to make my faith shine. Becoming more and more like Jesus. It's how we handle pressure. And then here's another way. It's how we face temptation. You can learn to overcome like Jesus when you face the temptations of life. Do you remember this scene from the life of Jesus? striking moment every time I think about it Jesus facing off against Satan in the wilderness in Matthew 4 we read the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert and while he is there the devil tempted him the devil tempted him for 40 days the devil does his very best to bring Jesus down but every time Jesus resists the temptation and he defeats the devil. 
40 days of temptation and 40 days of victory. And at the end of that temptation, in Matthew chapter 4, we read, Then the devil went away, and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Victory over temptation. Let that get in your spirit. Because when it comes to temptation, Jesus himself, Jesus himself was tempted. And if Jesus was tempted, you know what that means? It means that this side of heaven, I will never reach a place. I will never get to a level where I am above temptation or beyond temptation. We are going to be tempted. Being tempted is not a sin. It's giving into it. That's a sin. And by the grace of God, we can resist it. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we read, you are tempted in the same way all other human beings are. You're not isolated in your temptation. The enemy will tell you you are but you're not. Instead, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted any more than you can take. But when you are tempted, God will give you a way out. A way out. Can someone say amen? Then you will be able, then you will be able to deal with it. You can deal with it. Let confidence start to build in your spirit. We don't look for temptation. Temptation has a way of looking for us. We pray, lead us not into temptation. We're not looking for it. But when it shows up, and it will show up, we can resist it. We can overcome it. When temptation shows up, it's a little bit like being at the gym. It's a chance to exercise your moral muscles. I saw this one guy who's working out at the gym and you can see there's a, that's pretty good muscle that's on his arm. It reminds me of my days when I was young. The older I get, the better I was. Hello. <laughs> of course, you can see another image of a guy who doesn't have a whole lot of muscle. <laughs> and I want you to take a good look at that because this is what is at stake in your personhood. We're created to reflect the image of God and to look like this when it comes to moral muscle. And every time temptation shows up, it's like going to the gym. Every time we resist temptation and overcome it, what it does is it builds our moral muscles. But every time we give into it, well, it reduces the moral muscle in our lives. The question is this. <clears throat> On the inside, who do I want to look like? Who do I want to look like? Look at how did Jesus resist the temptation? <clears throat> Jesus resisted the temptation, in this case, by using the scriptures. The scriptures were in him. They weren't out here. They were in here. And when the enemy attacked Jesus, 
Jesus defended himself against the enemy by quoting the scripture. That's how he overcame the enemy. And perhaps you're in your own season of temptation, your own 40 days where the enemy is relentless in his attacks against you, relentless with his lies. The way you defeat the enemy's lies is with the truth. Where do you find the truth? It's in the scripture. And when you take the scripture and you resist the lies of the enemy, you have to resist them. Don't let them take hold of your head or your heart. Instead, by the grace of God, resist them. With the truth of the scriptures, resist them. And if you do, can you spell victory? The Bible says this, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Are you ready to build your moral muscles? See, becoming more and more like Jesus, that is a purpose that's worth living for. And that brings us to this last idea that you can learn to serve like him when you face the relationships that you have in life. Speaking of going to the gym, this week I was working out at the gym. It takes a lot of work to, well, to maintain this figure. And so I was on the elliptical machine and I was listening to a podcast where a psychologist was being interviewed. Now this psychologist has seen over 60,000 hours worth of clients. That's a lot of therapy sessions. And I was probably some of those. (laughs) And he was asked the question, what is the greatest regret that you see from the majority of your clients. And the answer he gave at first hit surprised me, but then the more I thought about it, it made sense. He said the greatest regret that he saw in his clients was that they regretted they had not been more unselfish in life. That when the clients first came in to talk about their troubles, well, They presented their troubles in one way, but as they peeled the layers back, they found that the biggest issue was the issue of self. And that's what gave them their greatest regrets. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus showed us how to live a life with less regrets. He's once (coughs) with his disciples and they're at a border town called Caesarea Philippi. In fact, if you go to the Holy Land with us, this is one of the places we visit. We visit this place where Jesus has this talk with the disciples and he tells them how they can live a no regrets life. He says in Matthew 16, if any of you want to be my followers, and we do, we are and we do, you must forget about yourself. You must take up your cross and follow me. That this is a pathway to a life with less regret. 
And yet when it comes to living this way, it's so hard. It's so countercultural because in our day, everything is all about the self. <laughs> I mean, we have self ma- a magazine called self. We go to the gym and there's mirrors everywhere so we can look at the self. And even with our phones, with our phones, if we hit this button, it turns the camera around so that we can take selfies. Hello. See, in our culture, it's all about the self. I'm thinking about my needs and my interests and my desires and my wants. Even our, in our singing, <laughs> it's a little bit like this. It's all about me. Really. It is all about you. Now, the greatest collection of me worship ever assembled on one CD. It's all about now I lift my name on high. All 20 songs, all about you. This amazing collection is great to share with friends, if you have any. Everyone can join in the worship with you, for you, and about you. Because you are unique, and you love you. There is none like me. No one else All this can for do only $19.95. Operators are standing by to serve you. It's all about me. But if we will go countercultural, and by the grace of God, ask God to help us to live beyond the self. If I'm only living for myself, I'll become the kind of self that I won't enjoy being around. Instead, the pathway to living a life with less regrets is this. Every once in a while, hit the button, point that camera away from yourself, point it toward others, the needs of others, the desires of others, the interests of others, learning to serve others. Philippians chapter 2 reads, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. That Jesus Christ had. And so I want to challenge you. Not for a week, but just take a day A week would be way too much for this. Just take one 24-hour day. And at the start of the day, from the time you get up, you make a decision. Today is a day I'm not going to think about my needs, my interests, my wants, my desires, how people can love me. Instead, today, for this one day, I'm going to take that camera and I'm going to point it at others and think about their interests their needs, their desires, their wants. And by the grace of God, I'm going to love others. When you do that, when you do that in a marriage, when you do that in a marriage, talk about being a game changer in a relationship One husband said to his wife, honey, I die for you. And she replied, but you never do. If I will take that camera 
and pointed at my spouse. And for one day, one day, I'll think about her needs and her interests and her desires. And I won't focus on how she can love me. Instead, I'll focus on how I can love her and serve her. Talk about being a game changer in your marriage. See, a marriage is not just a marriage. It's a sphere of discipleship where I'm learning to become more and more like Jesus. Serving others. It's in our relationships that we become more and more like Christ. I was thinking that Jesus was the one person in all of human history where the entire world actually did revolve around him. I know people who think that the world revolves around them. It doesn't. But Jesus was the one person in human history that the whole world revolved around him. The whole world owes its existence to him. And yet even Jesus, it was not just all about him. Even Jesus, when the world needed saving, he looked beyond himself and he came to the planet and he gave his life for you and for me. Mark chapter 10 says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And when I take on that kind of attitude and I start to Every once in a while, point that camera away from myself. Think about others. I'm on my way to becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. And that right there is a purpose worth living for. Can I ask you a question? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Perhaps you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Today can be your day. Every journey, it starts with a step. And if you want to take that step today, I invite you to say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. Thank you for loving me like you do. Forgive me of my sins. I surrender my life to you. I put you in charge of my life. Thank you for making me a part of your family. Thank you for having a purpose for my life. And I pray that this week you will help me to live more and more like Jesus. Amen. Amen. search the world but it couldn't fill me man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough but you came along and put me back together
place. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. No, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Yeah. We believe, we believe. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're Thank you, team. There is nothing better than Jesus. And every day we're becoming more 
and more like him. Now that is a purpose that's worth living for. Well, I thank so much again for joining us today. I love our online community here at Cathedral of Faith. We pray for you. We'd love to hear from you. There's lots of ways we can digitally connect. And so please stay connected. No one stands alone. And don't forget right after the service, the wrap is a way to take the message deeper and further. And there are resources online that will also help you to do that. So check them out. Well, until next week, let me speak a blessing over your life. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Yo, Cathedral Hello. of Faith. Hey, Come on in. It's time for the wrap. Yes. Ding, ding. Class is in session. <laughs> Master class. Uh, Pastor Ken continued to yep. teach a, a great master class series on purpose, oh, yeah. helping yes. us to really press into the Lord, to hear the word of the Lord, so that we can discover more of our purpose, which is so fundamental and so important for all of us to make life meaningful, right? So let's talk about what we heard in this sermon here about suffering and, and how that applies to our purpose so, uh, Miss Anquisha, great to have you here. Yay, great what, to what be did you, here. What did you hear from Pastor Ken today? So, the key word that Pastor Ken had said that stood out to me was refining. Mm-hmm. Um, refining us. God is refining us um, more and more like him, to be more and more like him. Mm-hmm. Um, and just stick on that, learn to trust him even as we face the pressures of life was another point that I just love. Mm-hmm. So, even our hardest times, our hardest moments, um, it can be everyday life basically Mm. you know trust him in everything and know that he's refining us he's using those particular points those particular pressures to build something in us to do Mm. a great thing Mm -hmm. good good word Mm -hmm. it's doing a good work in us oh yeah And the fact that we have, he's given us power in that. Meaning, when Pastor Ken said, pressure can break you or make you, it's how you handle it. Mm. And to think that how we handle it is the difference between maybe coal and a diamond, but also it's the pressure and the heat. I understand the depth of that. But Mm -hmm. the fact that there's, we play a role in it and that God has given us the opportunity. There's someone has also said, pressure is privilege. Mm that we actually have been giving an opportunity to become more like Christ, to grow and to learn more things. Mm. We don't always see it that way. It's almost like, how can I get out of this as quick as possible? Mm -hmm. Instead of being like, I'm going to run into this with everything I have and I'm going to get out of it everything that God has for me, believing that he has something in it. That's good. good. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big takeaway and and what's took stood out to me in him talking about that was when he talked about the process of the diamond Mm -hmm. and over my life, you know, kissing 50 years old now, which is half a century, but you look at like (laughs) it, 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 the, the, the hindsight looking back in all the moments that, that you felt like, why did God allow this? And why Mm -hmm. did this happen in my life? And, and then it didn't make sense, but now it, it like begins to make more sense. And those facets that, that come out of that, pressure that God has used in our life. Like you said, sometimes we don't want to embrace those things. Like mm. we, we want to dodge it. Like, no, no, no. Mm. it's, it's all hallelujah, kumbaya. And mm. it's all good. But I think you said it too, Vaughn, many times where it's like, you know, embracing that suffering and the pain. It's, yeah. it's part of the process that God yeah. uses to, to yeah. shape us. And, and so that we really can be bright and resilient when that light just hits every facet of our lives Amen. and God gets the glory. Yeah. Yeah. If the coal stays in the air conditioning, 
it doesn't become a diamond. Mm. Yeah. So, and I, th I think the analogy, and I, I also too, like Ms. Anquisha, what you were saying, how uh, alluded to imitating Christ and um, in this process. I loved how he, he brought the life of Jesus because I think a lot of times we refer to Jesus as the center of all this, which is absolutely true. Um, but if, and we say things like, I want to be more like Christ, which is what it means to be a Christ follower, a Christian, in essence, even mm -hmm. in the word. But there's a lot we're saying in that, right? When we say, I want to be like Christ, when you look, really look at the life of Christ from a human perspective, that man went through so much, right? He went through so much suffering. It wasn't what you would consider that, uh, it probably wouldn't be something we would author for ourselves, right? It would, you know, like even the disciples, they saw Jesus, they went, why don't you set up your kingdom, take over Rome, take, like take over the world. It was, it was from a human perspective and, and he, he did not approach it that way. Therefore, he suffered so much, right? He was, a, he was abandoned, he was abused, he was ridiculed, he was called a liar, he was called a heretic, he was beaten, he was killed, he was crucified. He was mocked, mm -hmm. spat upon, mm -hmm. like every, like, do we really want to be Christ-like? Right. And, that, and that, that model of following Christ through enduring, enduring all the suffering for the greater good, the greater, wow. the, it's down the line. It's delayed gratification in a sense that we're, there's something greater out there that God has for us that makes this all worth it. Mm -hmm something that we need to keep in the mind, in the forefront of our mind. In uh, that scripture, Hebrews, it says in there that he, speaking of Jesus, learned obedience from the things he suffered. That's like, I feel like okay, in every way, uh, parenting-wise, like how do you mm. learn obedience? We, we can't. <laughs> our children, Stay right there for a moment. Stay our right children there. can't um, learn obedience if... if um, we protect them or we make everything easy or we mm -hmm. give excuses for them. But if we walk through, and then for ourselves too, if we walk through the consequences or if we walk through the difficult and not shy away from it, I mean, there's something powerful here. That's the way you learn obedience. And like, what greater thing is there than obedience to yeah. God? Hmm. I don't, you know what I mean? Like it affects every area of our life. Fear God and obey the yeah. two things at the end of Ecclesiastes. And then it says right here, through the things that we suffer. Yeah. I think I like that, just sit with that. <laughs> like that test, I mean, like obedience being like a test, you know what I mean? A test isn't designed to be easy. It's designed to try what you've learned, right? Yeah. And, and oftentimes, you know, you could take the cheat exam, but that doesn't mm. validate you to when it really comes to, you need to stand for something, right. you'll fall because it hasn't been it's not true and authentic in yeah. our lives. And I think like not part of you. obedience, gosh, is, is such a, a big word that I think we need more and more mm -hmm. of to just obey the Lord, obey mm -hmm. his commands. I mean, there's rewards on the other side of it. Like mm -hmm. you said, I think eternally, the eternal outweighs kind of the, like the, the okay, this short life that we get to yeah. live. You know what I mean? If, if, if that's all it takes to get there and, and really become more Christ-like, I think that takeaway of, of, of fulfilling the purpose that God designed for us, it involves that mm. for us to get to, the, mm. to that place. To get yeah. to that place where our insight is like 
gangster muscle. You know, like have you yeah. ever? I like, I, like we want to be that on the inside, but I'm thinking there's some areas in my life that I'm probably like super lanky. Do you know what I mean? Where I need to build that muscle on. And then I also have you ever met someone where you meet them and you're like, oh my goodness, on the inside there is just depth and power and muscle in that. That's what I want for us. The the other thing I liked that he shared was the pointing the camera away from yourself. And we talked about Philippians 2, 3, and 5, you know, and, and the example of humility and following Jesus, where we can focus on others instead of ourselves. And, mm. and, and that illustration of, like, you know, I think we live in this generation where everything is a selfie. Let's take a selfie. Selfie sticks. And, and how many, how, look, how good do I look? Is the lighting right? And all this stuff, which is like, okay, it's good to take care of ourselves. But at what point is it like, oh, my gosh. I mean, even the Bible said in the last day, people will be lovers of themselves. <laughs> I mean, did God know that I? phone was coming and sure I guess <laughs> but well we flip the lens and start to focus on others and there's such a reward in that I believe that it, it when we get the focus off just me myself and I mm -hmm. and like how can I love someone else you know I mean I think what Jesus said you know how will they know you're my true disciples but but by your love for one mm -hmm. another yeah. and it takes that's work you know what I mean to like Come so serve food or come stop and go out of your way to go do something that's that's not just your agenda, but it's like for the good of someone else, mm. you know what I mean? To pray for them or call them or, so oh, you know, and, yeah. and that gets us, I think it, it changes us and it, it, it just, it, it helps us to understand our true purpose mm. more and so more. Good. So. so good. Speaking of the selfie, here's a lighthearted moment. Uh, one of my favorite quotes of all time. <laughs> it's so funny to me. He's a, uh, a friend of mine says that uh, some people will take 120 selfies of themselves to find that one picture that doesn't look like them. <laughs> <laughs> so true. How true. Self-absorbed. You know, mm. and it, it, you think, too, like, even the, the, the invention of the phone was to connect with someone else, mm. you know, instead of just capture yourself and be create an echo chamber of yourself. It's like the whole, we've perverted the whole concept of what it means to connect with people. Even mm. social media becomes just more of an, a mirror, an outlet of ourselves versus, it, you know, really becoming this place where we become social on it. Um, so, yeah, it's such a great reminder, you know, to turn that phone away and to, and to uh, focus on others. So that's ingrained in our purpose, too. Yeah. Say, Quisha's. What else do you hear from Pastor Ken? Like, I know you I got was, notes I was, over I was there. I was trying to be polite. I like, uh, no, and, you know, go, go, Not go. selfish. But yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you Turn know? the focus on others. But I want to, this is James 1-3. Are you also. taking a selfie right now? Are I'm not no, taking okay. a selfie. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> it says that you know that you're under pressure your faith, your life is forced into the open and shows that it shows its true colors, basically. So in James mm. 1, 3, it shows your true colors. Mm. So when you're under pressure, you're able to see who you really are. You're mm. able to see what, you know, what God has been really working into your life. So just hold on for those out there. Just hold on. It's so good. Um, because yeah. you're going to find your true color, who you really are. It says it in James 1, 3. Mm. So, yeah, that was good word. Yeah. Good word. Our scriptures, Ephesians 5, 1 through 2, imitate God, therefore, in everything that you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. God is so gracious. I also love that scripture. It says it's his loving kindness that brings us to repentance. So we have a great God who doesn't just tell us what to do, but shows yes. it and gives it to us to experience so that it overflows out of us. Mm -hmm. Amen. 
It's a great word, Cathedral of Faith. Imitate Christ. Imitate Christ. So as we go forward this week, uh, as Pastor Ken posed the challenge to us, turn the camera outward. Focus on your spouse. Focus on your child. Focus on a friend. Focus on the needs of others. Um, but also, I, th- I hear in that imitating Christ, like we just talked about, what it means to be Christ-like, enduring hardship as a good soldier. Enduring that hardship just as Christ did. His life was suffering here on this earth, but it brought about glory mm. for, the, for the Father, as Pastor Ken talked about. So Amen. imitate Christ this week. To the we very love you. end. We're going to make it. To the it. very end. We're going to make it. To the very end. <laughs> Stay connected, Cathedral of Faith. We love you. Stay connected yes. on all the social platforms. Come see us here on campus. Connect with people. Uh, we're so grateful to be connected to you. We pray that you have a great, amazing week as we all imitate Christ and discover more of our purpose. We love you. And as always, it's a wrap.